Hill on third and 18. Second straight sack. This time it's Leonard Floyd. Indeed, it is caught. And well, touchdown. 62 yards. Pass over the middle, caught by Higby. And Higby picks up a first down. There's Stafford. End zone. It is caught for a touchdown by Allen Robinson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. I am uh, one of your graces co-hosts, Ashton, with my awesome co-host, Zach. Uh, Zach, how are you doing? Uh, getting ready for Thanksgiving? Uh, what are you looking forward to kind of munching on? Because, you know, uh, I think we're going to be eating our feelings this Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm thankful. uh for having some time off of work. Uh, I think that's going to be very nice being able to enjoy some time with my, uh, my, uh, family. Um, so yeah, as far as my Thanksgiving food, Ooh, I'm a Turkey person. Um, turkey. I get, re- I get really irritated when I go to a family gathering and they just have ham. I do not think ham is a Thanksgiving meal. I, you can fight me on Twitter about that, but, uh, I am all for Turkey. I am uh, one of those sacrilegious ham people that you speak of because I find turkey dry as heck. Uh, well, that's so with the I mashed can't... potatoes and the gravy and the green beans and all the all the stuff. You just you just pile it on a plate and it all just blends together. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like ham and mac and cheese. I, I go Whoa. like one-fifth ham and like four-fifths mac and cheese. I just go in into that mac and cheese love it that kind of crunchy old southern style mac and cheese oh with the i do i do like a good baked like with the the crispy Mm -hmm. on top i do enjoy that i would rather have that than you know the bottom layer or the middle layer which is more gooey i would rather have some of that little crunch so i will go with you on that but i do not think that's a thanksgiving day meal um so i will accept your sacrilegious beliefs and uh we can talk about this devastating um once again, devastating Rams loss from the Bayou. Yeah, if our uh, season wasn't already in jeopardy, uh, you hit the panic button now. This is, I'm sorry guys, but this season is already going on the fringes. What's your first reaction to this loss, Zach? It's, It's disappointing. I mean... This is the game that we're coming off of, um, you know, multiple lost games. Um, We lost Cooper Cup. We lost kind of the the spark of this team. Um, Maybe not the soul, um, because I think that lies within like Aaron Donald, things like that. But he was really like he was a good spark. Um, You know, he made the fantastic plays. He was always he always came in clutch. Um, And, you know, this was this this was the time for the, the wide receiving core this offense to step up and say, we can still do something without cup. Um, and I think we did see not a, definitely not on the first drive, but I think after that, we, we started to see, um, some spark, um, you know, whether that was from, uh, Atwell with a 60, uh, 62 yard, uh, touchdown from Stafford. Um, or if it was from Allen Robinson, um, I think we saw that, that spark coming to life. Um, our O-line just couldn't protect our quarterback. 
and unfortunately had to depart on the game. Yeah, Zach, I I think the big thing in this game was that I thought the offense for probably those three drives while we didn't score each drive that Stafford was in or four drives, uh, I thought it looked the best this offense has looked in like five weeks. Um, it looked like it was somewhat productive uh, it was getting good chunks. They were moving. Uh, they didn't execute the best. They got stopped on fourth down. Um, but I, I thought without having Cup, it forced the team to have to be more balanced. Uh, I love Cup, and I feel like our season's going to be almost nearly impossible without having him uh, to make it to the playoffs. But, you know, this team needed some creativity forced upon it. And I think they were, that was caused. Uh, but losing Stafford, that, that was nailing Coffin in this game. I think we win this game if Stafford stays in. I don't think it's a blowout <clears throat> by any means, but I do think we win it. Yeah, I mean, it, it and I agree 100% with what you're saying because when, when we started off this ball, we were just like, wait a minute, is this the same team? Like they just kept running the ball. Like they, they did, you know, do some, you know, throwing here or there while Stafford was in, but you know, that they were really kind of run heavy, which was very surprising. And I think it caught um, even the saints off a little bit off guard on that too. So um, I agree with you. I think if, if Stafford would have stayed in and, you know, was, you know, kept clean, I think this was an easy win. Uh, well, not an easy win, but, you know, a, a, it would have been a win for us and and something that this team really needs at that point. Um, and now I feel like this team is even more defeated um, with this loss. Um, this was their ability to bounce back and they just they just couldn't get it done. And, you know, as much as Perkins tried, they tried to be creative with him. He ran, you know, the best he could and, you know, was able to keep those drives alive. There was just a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties that just kept them from actually um, getting into the end zone, which is what they desperately needed at that point in time. Um, you know, mostly to, you know, un unfortunately, I think it goes into our defense where our defense couldn't couldn't hold it. I mean, we were leading at halftime without Stafford and our defense just couldn't do what they have been doing for a good majority of this season in controlling this controlling the the opposing team's offense to minimal points and instead gave them 14, you know, 14 points in the in the second half um, to put them over the top. Uh or, yeah. or 17 points, I should say. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's one of those things where, like I said, 20 is the limit you want to get. The offense got the 20. We should have won this game. Um, or at least go into overtime at 20. Um, but the defense didn't do great. They did fine. I would say fine because it's against Andy Dalton and not a top-tier quarterback. They did fine. Um, the Saints have some good playmakers, and uh, we didn't really do the best at uh, kind of keeping them. Our safeties got exposed again. 
Um, even Rust Yeast was getting in some playing time. I think that says a lot about uh, Taylor Rapp, which don't get me wrong, Taylor Rapp had a good play in this game. Uh, but like one good play and then 80% just getting burnt. Like, yeah, I don't I mean, know, Zach. Like, it's it's the same story every game now. <clears throat> For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, Rap, you know, yeah, he had that one good play. And he seems like he has one good play every five games. Um, and that's not what you need from your safeties. And, um you know, he's, he's unable to help out some of his other, his other teammates, you know, that one play was kind of a, a dual thing. I think it was, um, you, the, um, um, uh, the long play by Olave. Um, I think that one was, um, uh, that was the one where Ramsey and, um, Ramsey was trying to run with him and couldn't, and, uh, rap wasn't able to, you know, help him in the back. So, it's it's just tough. This defense just seems like I don't know. It at times I feel like it feels like sometimes it's given up, but at the same times you got you know Greg Gaines going out there getting his two sacks. You have Leonard Floyd out there getting his two sacks. Um, you know the the defense gave put four sacks, a total of thirty nine uh, yards lost, but at the same time, Andy Dalton threw for twenty one of twenty five with two hundred sixty yards, three touchdowns. Averaging, giving him a rating of 149.6. I'm like, that is not okay for this defense against Andy Dalton. Whatever, like, Andy Dalton is a mediocre to slightly above mediocre uh, backup quarterback, but he he should not have been having this this successful of a game. And I know they put in Tyson Hill, Tyson Hill to kind of um, – you know, give that avoidance and, you know, allow him to run the ball and um, kind of put some trickery behind that too. But this defense is better than this. Um, and it just, it just did not come to fruition this week. Yeah. I mean, it just, you, you got to take it to the bank. Like you're going to have a bad day in the office. Like this defense is going to have some bad games and the, just they need the offense to be good every so often, and the offense was average. Like you can't just be average and expect to win. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, the, people can yell at the defense, but like again, uh, they held them for most of the game, and the offense was struggling to get points in the second half. How do you how do you feel about Riley Dixon? Um, I want to kind of go to special teams because they they had some they, that was kind of an oddity. Obviously, we have Matt Gay who got both of his field goals, including his fifty eight yard one at the very end. Um, that was you know kind of in the garbage time, but kind of trying to you know set up a, um, so, a another play after uh, that field goal. But Riley Dixon, I I don't know. I mean, he had one good punt this game uh, of a long of sixty, but it just doesn't seem like he has been that successful at getting the, getting their, the, the opposing team's offense into bad positions. What is, what is your take on that? Uh, he's a below average punter. I mean, we knew this coming into a season. His stats didn't amaze anyone. Um, I wanted to draft a punter. Now I understand from the Rams point of view, 
uh, almost all the punter, good punters got drafted really high, very weirdly, this draft. Like, a lot of punters got drafted. And early on, I think the first punter went in the fourth or third round. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, so there was a run on punters this draft, which you almost never can say that sentence. Uh, but it happened, and therefore we had to sign a free agent, and he is what we got. Uh, and he is probably going to get replaced after this year. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I haven't been super impressed. So I just wanted to make sure that I'm not the only one because I haven't really, you know, we're on Twitter and we, you know, we complain about this, that, and the other, and no one really has, I don't, I haven't seen at least a much people talking about um, Riley Dixon and the, how the punting game has been. Um, but going on one of the more positive notes that, you know, also was a negative note, but um was the kind of the fun trick play with Brandon Powell, with Brandon Powell and Jalen Ramsey? Um, I thought that was a super clever play to utilize Jalen um, and Rand and and Powell in that way. Of um, you know a potential of a thirty nine yard gain got called back because of a penalty, but it was just a fun kind of a fun. He got play. very close to busting that open for a TD. Oh, very, very close. close. And I think I honestly, when I was, when I was watching, I, I feel like, like there was just one player that like one of the, I think one Rams player. And I feel like if Ramsey just would have went around him instead of going towards the out, um, he would have, he would have broken loose, but that was such a fun play. I don't think the holding would have, would have camped like, if it wasn't held, I think it was still going to be a good play. And I think he would have, you know, been successful, uh, just as successful. I don't think that had anything to do with, you know, that ability, but it was just, it, it felt bad for uh, Jalen for that purpose. Cause that was such a cool play and um, just, just couldn't make it work out in the end, which can, uh, can we just like comment on like how good of a returner BP is like he is. And people take it for granted because remember when we would just like, complain about a return as being atrocious for like three years straight yeah um he is just very smart he always for 85 percent of the time 90 percent of the time he makes the right decision on whether to let the ball bounce or where to let it bounce when to take it out how to take it out he doesn't make a lot of mistakes uh, and when he gets the ball in his hands, at least as a returner, he's electric. I think he has some capability in the regular offense. I, I still do. Because every time he gets the ball, it, he's just one of those players that feels like he's about to break one. And it's mm -hmm. just stuff hasn't gone his way. And I think that's a lot to do with the O-line because uh, of the positions he's been getting the ball in. I agree. I think he's 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 dominant. I knew like early on. I think there was a couple issues where like we kind of felt like he just kept he he always got the ball in the end zone and then he would run it out. And I think he's been very smart about that more recently, um, especially this season alone, um, where he hasn't been doing that as much. I, you know, and that either could be a strategic thing from you know he is that explosive player that he could take it to the house from the end zone. But I think the Rams have to be smart. And he's been smart about making those uh, right calls. Um, but he, he has been super electric. And, and I think um, we see that him being put into the offense more regularly. Yes. He may only get a handful of catches or a handful of, um, you know, sweeps or um, a few plays here or there, but him being put into that offense um, is, is, is impactful. I mean, if you go back and look at a lot of the other punt returners that we have, 
they weren't ever, they were punt returners. I mean, you go back to Simba Webster and he, he was a, he was a, you know, a decent punt returner, but he was never in the offense really. I mean, maybe once in a while, if they had to pull players, he, he might've been in there, but not as effective as Brandon Powell has been. So um very pleased with his performance and, you know, I really want him to break one loose. Um, so that's what that's really much what I got to say about him. I mean, he had what he his one of his kick returns was went for 34 yards. Um, so, you know, he's he's going to make it one of these times. We're just we're just waiting for that to happen. Yeah, um, let's kind of talk about uh, Perkins. How do you think Perkins stayed? Because uh, like Stafford real quickly, I thought Stafford was doing good with what he had. Yeah, I I really don't think Perkins um, he he did all right. I don't I don't think he had an excellent game, but at the same time, I don't think he was expected to be in the game. And I know when you're a backup quarterback, you know you're always expected to to be able to pick up the mantle and and run with it. Um, but you know, for the most part, I mean, for this season and even for last season, he's been third string quarterback. Like. You know, he's always been behind Wolford. He's always, you know, behind obviously Stafford, then Wolford, and then him. Um, he had an opportunity last week to to get in there. Um, really was more used as a run package than than a throwing passage. He only had one throwing pass. Um, and so, I mean, his threat is with his legs. And and we did see that. I mean, he had five carries for 39 yards, averaging 7.8. Um, and, you know, you, you really – you like having that as the, as the quarterback, but that's, but that's where things kind of left it. Um, you know, he, he was five for 10 for 64 yards, averaging 6.4 yards when he, when he did make, um, when he did throw it to um, a player. So I don't know. He had one, he had a, you know, just slightly too high. I mean, I guess it wasn't, it was way too high for Skoranek. I mean, you had to, you saw Skoranek, like he had to like, use all of his force to jump even to that height. Um, but it was still, I mean, you know, if, if that would have been a catch by um, Skoranek, you know, I, th- I think that would have, we would have, you know, obviously been in a better position. Um, but unfortunately it is what it is. Yeah. I don't like that. Kind I want to of... see him in a full game. I would want to if if Stafford's out, I want him to start the game and not just be like, "Well, Wolford's back, so we're just gonna we're just gonna mix the package up again." I get the argument that he's been third string, but this is the NFL, and you only get so many opportunities. A lot of people never even get the chance. Once they get back up, they sit the bench and they never get to play. And then they go out after four years. You like it is complete luck of the draw if you're a backup, if you get to start. And you have to make your opportunities count. Um, and I just don't think he did a great job of doing that, especially with throwing. So do I we think, think do he we was think- awful. Uh, he looked to me better than Wolford, uh, but like. That's not a high bar. Mm-hmm. Man, autoplay videos, they stink. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going back and kind of looking through um, some of the some of the games and or some of the uh, 
the plays that that um, Perkins had in. So Perkins came in actually um, in the third quarter uh, uh, with five minutes left of the game or five minutes left of the third quarter. Um, and so I'm kind of I'm kind of going through what happened in like his first play out there. He had 12 plays for 60 yards, ended up in a field goal. Um, so that wasn't too terrible. The, the next time he had the ball, it was six plays for 26 yards. Um, again, you know, not something that we like to see, but it wasn't a three and out. Um, it wasn't until his third drive where things kind of uh, things kind of fell short, and they went to a three passing plays, um, or well, three shotgun plays. Um, and that's kind of where the O-line really put him in a bad position and he got sacked two of those, two of those three times. Um, and then again, in the, in the, his fourth and final drive he had, uh, was six plays for 34 yards, which they decided to, uh, kick the field goal. Um, so, I mean, in his, in his four drives that he actually had, two of them didn't come away with points. Um, you know, kind of trying to go through what all happened, but there was a delay of game. Um, there's just a lot of things that did happen, but I mean, realistically, if you look at those four drives that he, that he had the opportunity to participate in, it wasn't terrible. Um, he used his legs a lot. He, they utilized, um, you know, cam acres and things like that. So, you know, I, I, again, I just, I don't think it was a terrible performance. I would want to see before making full judgment is I want him to get a Wolford experience. I want him to be able to say, all right, I am the starting quarterback from beginning to end, had most of the reps throughout the entire week of practice and see where things were at that point. Um, I get what you're saying when you, you know, when your number is called, you got to make, you got to make the plays. But for this performance with the four drives that I saw, two of them ending up with some points, um, made me a little bit more hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with him getting the start over Wolford. I perfectly am. After that game, it wasn't like he looked atrocious and like I'm like, oh no, I don't want to see him. Um, I just think it's it's not a great sign that he wasn't ready to step in right then and there, and he looked like the lights got to him some. You could tell, right? Are you telling me that backup quarterbacks are supposed to win games for you? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I mean, they're winning against us. <laughs> I I just want a little bit of that backup QB winning action. You know, is that too much to ask, Zach? It, it shouldn't be, but yet it is. Oof. Um, so... Injuries, uh, it looks like Ty, uh, do you know how to pronounce his last name? I say Neskis, but that's probably incorrect. Yeah, well, it looks like Ty's injury isn't, uh, looks like it will be minor. So he should be back. Thank Lord, because if I had to watch Bobby Brown play another snap, Zach, I'm going to just jump off a bridge. I just... I'm tired of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the the O line is definitely not um, is definitely not there when he's in the game. But um, yeah, I mean, we're just this O line is just getting beat 
up like no one's business. I mean, we've lost now three left tackles. Um, we keep having to put in a player who continuously has been pulled from, you know, being that starting role and has had to go back and fill that position. Um, I don't know what it is with these defenses and are they just, you know, they know that's the weakness. So they're like, we're just going to knock that guy out because we know that their backup can't help in that position. So whatever it is, um, it, it's just, it's just, it's not pretty. The O-line is not pretty. They've, you know, we've had difficulties in the run game in the past game, but it all comes down to, you know, does, does Stafford um, have enough time to throw the ball? Does the offensive line put an opening so that, you know, whether it's Cam Akers or Henderson, um, anybody is able to find space. Um, so we'll see. Seemed like Kyron Williams found some space, um, you know, helping out in that aspect. Uh, but um, still trying to trying to figure out the best way to move forward with a with a broken offensive line, to say the least. Yeah. Oh man, uh, get to play the Chiefs next. Do you do you want to talk about that game, Zach? Preview uh, bloodbath. <clears throat> yeah, I mean the most positive thing I can even say about this game is that maybe this is a trap game for the Chiefs. I, you know, that's that's pretty much all I have for it. I mean, other, <laughs> other than that, um, this seems like this is going to be a it's going to be a blowout. Um, you know, it it all goes down to what our defense is going to allow. Um, and in these oh, games, man. it seems like, you know, they can be as strong and they can, you know, we could foresee them doing, you know, four field goals. But at the same time, you know, these these big plays that they're allowing this in these certain games, you know, they are definitely breaking um, when they're when they're just trying to hold the bend. But, yeah, I just I don't see this game looking great, especially since it's in Kansas City. Um, you know, we used to be road warriors. I mean, you don't, I remember every time, you know, it's like, oh, the Rams are away. Oh, that's easy. They're going to win because, you know, they can, they win more on the road than they do at home. And that is not the case this year. And it's just, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes has his magic. Um, and I, I don't know why we can't have some of that same magic. The, the, Chiefs are good, seems to be good every single year. Um, the Rams seem to, you know, kind of be in that up and flow of, yeah, we're good, and then we kind of crash and burn, and then we kind of go up, and then we crash and burn. And um, we need to, we need more consistency. Yes, we won the Super Bowl, and I will take that over in having a bad season the year after that. I will take that um, for what it's worth. But, you know, I would like to see some consistency of us, you know, doing something more than nothing. Yeah, I mean, that Kansas City success does come with how many decades of uh, Andy Reid not winning a Super Bowl and learning through hard losses, yeah. right? Like, he he learned from experience and a lot of bad experiences to build up to this current version of the Kansas City Chiefs and this continued success because he knows the pitfalls. He knows, like some of those long-term lessons of minor roster moves that you don't know until you've been in a head coaching job for a decade or so, right? So um, 
I think that's something McVeigh would have learned after doing this job for more, like, time. And, like, we've seen him change already in the short amount of time he's been the Rams head coach. It just, uh, I think Andy Reid's in a different situation, and he's been able to get a generational QB that's young and that has only been under him, and he's been able to mold. Uh, That's not the same with Stafford. Uh, as much as I love Stafford, he's not the youngest, and he has built up some. He's built up some bad habits that he's had to get out of, and McVay hasn't been able to fully mold the QB, uh, the way he's wanted to, uh, for good and for bad. Right, like Stafford brings some really good attributes from Detroit that we appreciate, that got us through some hard games last year. Uh, it just. Now you're seeing the downside of that is uh, he is older. He's more prone to injury, uh, not to mention uh, just overall the roster uh, depth wasn't there in the O-line. Um, and I think that, like, you don't see Andy Reid making that type of pick in the second round for Tutu Atwell. And this isn't a criticism on Tutu Atwell either. Um I mean, I think we, I think we've, and uh, just to jump in real quickly for the tutu part. I mean, we both have kind of been, you know, slightly, and I guess I shouldn't speak for yourself, but I feel like we've been slightly proven wrong in the fact that when tutu's out there, the the plays that he does make are a difference maker. I mean, he is he is fast and he is able to catch those balls, and the plays that he does do, he's catching 50, 60 yard balls. You know, that's that's somebody that we need. We're just not doing that consistently. Whether that's because he's not out there on the field, which could be a McVeigh problem or something like that, like we're just not utilizing some of our players at that at, at those moments, and we we don't get to see them thrive like we did with his sixty-two yard uh, touchdown. And I get that, and there is value to what he brings and what he does, but the problem is that's not a second round value. That's just the fact. That's not what we right? needed at that and, time. And that's not also on Tutu. Tutu didn't choose to get picked there. The Rams picked him. And my criticism is not with him. But uh, it's more kind of with the Rams and how they chose uh, him instead of other priorities that I thought they ignored. They ignored center and guard. And I think that's biting them in the butt now. Yeah, and uh, you know we all we all you know know McVeigh. He's 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 a genius when it comes to the offense. He can only control what he can control as far as you know what plays he calls. Um, you know, and we think Les Snead Les Snead is a is a is great at his job of finding the talent and bringing them in outside of the draft. When it seems like we get when we look at the draft. Yes, there are there are there are players in the later rounds that we get that we that are we really utilize and um, we we see them shine. But it is those beginning round picks, and you know that's why we get. Sometimes it feels like yeah, let's just get rid of them if if all we're going to do is pick you know again you know Tutu when we didn't really need Tutu at well. Um, you know the same thing you know can be said for various other players, and that's just where I think it's at. I think it's we need to focus on what we need. And if we can't get that outside, then we have to look at the draft. I mean, that's, 
that you're going to be your prime choosing for if you need offensive linemen. And when you lose two key offensive linemen, whether it's because you didn't, they retired or you didn't want to re-sign them for an extended contract, that's on you to fix. And now you're seeing what happens when you lose, you know, um, 20% of your offensive line. Mm-hmm. So now that brings us to talking about the future of the team. And uh, so, Zach, and we can kind of make this a dialogue when we go into talking about the future of this team on whether we should start our rebuild now, now, next year, or the year after. Um Zach, do you agree with me that we're going to have to start rebuilding the next three years, correct? Like, uh, let's just start off from that baseline. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, we know, you know, if if everything stays the course right now, um, based on before, even before this season, really, you know, we were getting at least, we were getting two years at most two years for Donald and for Stafford. That was it. Yeah. So, and this is something fans are going to have to ask themselves. And, you know, you can chime in with your opinion, Zach. Um, Whether or not to start that rebuild next year or the year after, right? That's going to be the big question this offseason. Because let's be honest with ourselves. The chances of the season turnaround are very slim especially with Cooper Cup out. Like, that's that's going to be now. We might have had a chance if he stayed in and everything turned around completely. It's not. OBJ is not signing with us, guys. That's just reality. Uh, no white knight, no, nothing like that is going to come out to save us. So the question is, what do we do this offseason? And I think we have some valuable players – that teams would and picks. Uh, let me reiter, reiterate this. Uh, something from Jordan Rodriguez of uh, the Athletic has kind of pointed out. Uh, the Rams were on the forefront of like looking at talented veteran players and valuing them more than uh, they were valued at the current point in time. People were selling them lower and for less picks. Uh, than they were really worth in the Rams' eyes. And that's why the Rams went out and started trading a lot for these players. That has changed. That's clearly not the same situation now. Their GMs are competing with the Rams in situations where in years past, it was just the Rams really talking and maybe one other team, right? But the other team was shy and like kind of hoarded their first round picks and like GMs just weren't aggressive like the Rams were. That's the opposite this last uh, trade deadline. As everyone saw, other teams were willing to up and even got to the point where teams were using the Rams name to solely just gin up trade rumors for their players. That's how crazy it has gotten around kind of like how aggressive these GMs are trying to get for these teams, trying to give away all these assets, trying to repeat the formula the Rams have gotten. Uh, Clearly, it worked for the Rams for last year, but whether or not it's still 
kind of like the meta thing to do if you're using that gaming term uh, remains to be seen with this changing economy of draft picks and their value. It could be going the other way where draft picks aren't valued as much as they should be, right? And so that's going to be something where if players are being traded for a high of picks, like, I think it all centers around Zach if Aaron Donald retires or not. I think if he retires this offseason, we should for sure 100% start a rebuild right then and there. I think that's when we should start trading away older valued players but do you the question is who who is that are we going to be are we trading away uh ramsey are we trading away cup are we trading away like we're we're looking at the the players that may be worth something to somebody and you know i you know as much as i I just don't know who who we're going to be trading greg Gaines. um i mean like are we are we looking at that um, what players do we have that are going to be worth something to somebody? I mean, cause you know, in this, in this next draft, we don't have a first round pick. We're going to have, we're giving a high it look as of right now, if things don't change, we're going to be giving a, you know, a really high draft pick to the lions for Stafford. So um, who, who, who do we have to sell? If, if that's the way we're going, who do we have to sell? That's going to, start to that rebuilding now um what are your thoughts well so the big one is going to be cooper cup i know fans aren't going to like this and i want cup to be a ram for life i don't think that's going to happen he is still at that age where he has four to five more good years in him um with his skill set and two of those years are going to be rebuilding and with the current composition of the team and in our current picks, I think you almost have to trade him away, especially if Aaron Donald retires. And Because if he retires, our entire defense is going to have to get reworked. And at that point, you're going to have to have an offense carry you. And who thinks this offense can carry anything next year? Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it gives if it, it. I think you know. I think we keep talking about um, Donald and if Donald leaves, but you know, we've we've hit this week where this past week, uh, not this current week, but the the week prior, Stafford was out for um, a, for being in concussion protocol. Number one, we're not even sure if he ever had a concussion. We just know that he was in the protocol and missed the week, um, and now he is still in. He is. Still um, not in concussion protocol right now, but he's being evaluated, which, you know, I, I'm kind of looking through Twitter and it's like, how long, why does it take more than 24 hours to know if someone's in or out of concussion protocol? But if if this becomes another repeat, Stafford's getting beat up, he's getting hit hard, Stafford decides to leave, is this where we figure out, okay, let's get a quarterback, which then gives, you know, maybe the chance of keeping Cup around as the the only Rams legacy player to to help out this to help I, out the new offense. I think the problem is in order to get a first round pick in this upcoming draft, we're gonna have to trade away Ramsey or Cup. Because Aaron Donald 
So if either Aaron Donald retires or Stafford retires, it's going to trigger the other one to retire. I think that's just the reality. I think at that point, the other person's going to be like, it's kind of, it's that time. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Ramsey doesn't decide to ask for a trade. Like, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the ship is sinking, and, you know, Ramsey has been through this before, and he doesn't want to go through it again. I don't think he would. And I don't think we should judge someone for wanting to be in a workplace where he's seeing success and not having to deal with a rebuild having to go through one in Jacksonville already in his career. Um, so I, whether or not Ramsey asked for one, I think you're going to have to trade either Ramsey or cup to get a first rounder. I don't think anyone else on the roster that would still be here would command a first rounder. Uh, so, uh, but other players that could be traded, I would see as like Leonard Floyd, I think he could be traded. I think he would command maybe a third-round pick. Uh, Maybe Allen Robinson, but I don't think he's going to get us much, to be honest, if we trade him away. Uh, Daryl Henderson, possibly, but he's coming up on a kind of free agency period, so I don't even think we re-sign him. Um possibly Van Jefferson. I could see people wanting Ernest Jones, but I don't think you trade him. He's going to be a cornerstone of your defense in two to three years. Um, Van Jefferson, he's 26. So he's in that weird area where he's, he's like mid mid age. Can he go through a rebuild? Yes, but he would be on the older side if he does. Um, what, what do you think about Van Jefferson possibly trading him? I mean, selfishly, I rather him than Cup. Um, but you know, I I think the Rams, even if they if the Rams kept Van Jefferson, I think that's still successful. If they got rid of him, I don't think that would I don't think that would negatively degrade the Rams' offense, depending on the situation that we're in. Um, you know. You know, that gives Powell more of a chance. That gives Sakaronic more of a chance. That gives again, like I, I feel like our weapons, we, we have a, a decent bit of weapons, whether they're as proven as, you know, Cup or um A Rob, you know, that's one thing. Um, but we do have the players um that if we lost a Van Jefferson, I think I think we can manage. I mean, we did manage, I mean, I know we've we've lost, but we've had Van Jefferson back for two weeks, um, and it still hasn't done a lot to improve our offense. Uh Um, So, you know, you know, again, I I love all Rams players that are on the team and I wouldn't want to see any of them go. Um, But, you know, if, if Van Jefferson is that casualty, you know, a, I think it would be good if he got, if he was able to be successful on another team. Um, But I think that's the casualty that I would be willing to sacrifice. So, um, there's also Ashawn Robinson. I definitely think he would be trade possible. Uh, Nick Scott. I I think some teams would be interested in him. I think um, some people would be interested in Greg Gaines. I mean, just look at I yeah, mean, Greg Gaines too. He, I mean, he had two good sacks. I mean, I know he's missed a little bit of time this this year, kind of minimal on his injury, but um, 
you know, he, he's a great player. I mean, I feel like he's, he's one of the most, um, underrated defensive players, especially on this Rams team. I mean, you know, I love hearing him make the call. And I mean, he is a fast dude for, for being that, being that size, like being that strong and his, his ability to get to the quarterback is just freaky fast. Um, in comparison to, you know, some of the other players. So, um, I could see him being a, 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 a willing pawn to this. Um, so yeah. Um, no boom would possibly be, uh, tradable. Um, the problem, the problem becomes when you, when you start going to the offense, I mean, it's the offensive line. I feel like they can't, they can't just chew away their, their current offensive line, even if they're going into being a a rebuilding year. Um, I think you're going to have to try to keep that as whole as possible. I think Um, Haven sign would also be possibly tradable yeah. he's 30 i mean it it is possible but again like i said like when you're in this season where your offensive line is terrible and as beat up as it is i think even in a rebuilding year you're going to want to try to keep some consistency in that line group or a rebuild year i mean a rebuild year is yes it's it, it may be another down year but it's also a year of opportunity and a not and a, a year to, you know, make some drastic changes. But I don't think you want to. Again, when I said you look at we lost forty percent of our offensive line, I don't think you can willingly lose another forty per, or another twenty to forty percent the next year again and have any sort of success. And if, and if Sean McVay is truly in it to, to be here, not for the long term, for the short term, I, and I, and I truly believe that I think even though he says he's tied to Aaron Donald, I think he still has at least three years left with the Rams. I don't think he really wants to go through something so drastic that he can't make a winning team, even if it's somewhat of a rebuild. Okay, uh, what about this, Zach? Do you take a first-round pick for Cup next year? No. What about two first-rounders, one next year and then one year the year, year after? You're asking me as a fan. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it, it, You're it, a GM. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's definitely interesting, but... This is so. This is the L.A. Rams. This isn't the St. Louis Rams. And so, when I'm a GM of the L.A. Rams, of an L.A. fan base, that you're trying to put seats, you're trying to put people in these seats, a team that is that is very hard to do that. Even now, even after they won a Super Bowl, they've been to two Super Bowls since they've been to L.A. They won one Super Bowl. They're still having problems filling seats and making this a, a Rams dominant stadium as a GM. I cannot say that if you lose Stafford or you lose and, and, or you lose Aaron Donald. So Stafford and AD both retire. I don't think you, I don't think you can physically, I don't think you can legitimately for an, for the LA Rams, for a Los Angeles team based on 
all of all of what's there you need a you need a star player and i as much as i love ramsey i don't think he's the player who's going to bring you people in cooper cup is the triple crown winner the the super bowl mvp he, he outside of aaron donald he is the rams organization he is everything about the rams he is the mascot he is the spark he would be the soul and if you take away the spark and the soul that this experiment of moving teams whatever has completely failed you're going to get no one in the stadium you're going to get none of that generational um uh where you know that generational input of you know you if you can't keep a player here a star here you're not going to succeed in this NFL and i i truly feel like they have to be thinking that way that if they lose Donald, they have to keep somebody else. And I think they right now Cooper cup is that person they have to keep. So you would trade away Ramsey before cup. If, if I am a GM, I in in this LA market trying to keep people in the seats. Yes. So what if, the Seahawks come to you and offer their two first rounders. Uh, one is probably going to be top five. Um, two first rounders this upcoming draft and a second rounder next draft for Cooper Cup. You turned that down. I don't. I I don't see how you can trade Cooper Cup if right now they are leading the Seahawks are leading the division. I cannot I, I don't fathom trading players away to a divisional team. I know it I know it can happen. I know it has happened. It just blows my mind that that would even be a consideration for the Seahawks. Yeah, but you look at their point of view, Geno Smith, you know, I know they have Lockett and DK, but you know, you had Cooper Cup, that's that's the best wide receiving core in the NFL, right? But why would you give that to your uh, why would you give that to your rivals in the division? For two first rounders and a second rounder, that's a haul. <sighs> what about two first rounders and a first rounder the year after? Oh, okay. So now we're giving away three. This is I get, I don't think I can answer this question. Would you give it up? If I was the Seahawks to get Cooper Cup, well, um, I, it's really hard. But that, I mean, that is just seems. Yeah, but you're talking cool. about Cooper Cup on top of DK and Lockett. That's that's a hell of a trio, right? But you also have to. This is, I mean, this is Cooper Cup's second big injury of his NFL career. True, and that's why I don't think he'll command three first rounders. But like other teams that could possibly be in the market uh, would be like possibly the Dolphins, the Texans definitely uh, would be up in there. Yeah, I mean, all these things are these things are uh, can be. I mean, to me, they're terrifying to think about. They can be fun to a lot of people to think about. Um, but I, we got to see what happens. Uh, you know, speculation aside. Um, I do not think we trade anyone big uh, if Stafford and uh, Aaron Donald stay. 
and I still think there's a chance they will. Uh, but Stafford, it's starting to look more and more like he might retire. And if he does it, I, I definitely think AD just pulls the trigger right then and there. Yeah. I mean, do you uh, agree with that assessment that if one retires, the other one will probably follow? You know, I see it as if if Aaron Donald were just, I mean, if he did retire this year, obviously, I think Stafford would have stayed stayed around. Um, you know, I can I can see Stafford staying staying if Aaron Donald left. I don't really see it in reverse. Um, unless somehow the Rams miraculously pulled another Stafford and, you know, picked up somebody else who, um, you know, whatever, whatever you, whatever player. No one comes on the market outside of Lamar. Like if Lamar doesn't resign. So let's say we pick up Lamar. (laughs) We're going with your crazy theories. We're going with your crazy theories. If Stafford leaves. If Stafford leaves and we're like, "Hey, Lamar, we'll give you, we'll give you a butt ton of, we'll give you a crap ton of money. You come over here. Yeah, but you like, get who? you get to live in L.A. You don't have to be in Baltimore in the cold weather anymore. You know, um, who is he going to be throwing the ball to? We'll Who's he going to be we'll, running the ball? We'll uh, give you, the ball off to. We'll give you Cooper Cup. Um, we'll give you a Rob. Uh, we'll, hey, hey. we'll find another receiver for you. You like to run the ball, so you don't even throw the ball. So we'll, you know, you can use your legs. We don't even need a running back if you're a running back. Um, I, I think if we were able to entice them, got somebody, Kyron Williams. This is here's my plan. We got Lamar Jackson. We got Cooper Cup. We have a Rob. We have Kyron Williams. Um, you know, maybe maybe we 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 have another running back back there. Um, you know, we. I think free agents would follow Lamar, like if he came here. But it's like you had to convince him, which he's gonna he's gonna ask for a lot of money, and I don't know if we can. You know, eh, yeah. maybe we could afford it. We might be able to. I mean, it just it just depends on how the the chips fall, and you know, the Rams they like to push their you know their debts a little bit further and further, and if they want to be a ruining culture and they want to. You know, they want to stack the wins, just, you know, create a small dynasty within the McVeigh era. Um, it's not a, I mean, you, you're the one who. That, that would be an interesting way to try to entice McVeigh to stay is to sign someone like Lamar. I, it would be, it would be brilliant. I mean, I think it would be a truly brilliant move um, to find somebody you know, with his caliber to, to, to come back in. And if this is, this, this may be Stafford's out and the the Rams are now looking uh, at their potential next, you know, quarterback suitor. And if that takes them to another playoff run and Super Bowl run, you know, all for it. And maybe that gives Aaron Donald that extra one more year um, to, you know, fight for everything he has. Yeah. So I think this is just lands at the perfect conclusion of our futuristic, um, planning uh i was just reading uh andrew uh cicillano's uh tweet that said if stafford lands in the concussion protocol and john wolford dealing with a neck injury sean mcveigh says the rams are having preliminary discussions about signing another qb oh geez i swear if we sign cam newton i'm gonna it there's gonna be a lot of bridges i'm jumping off of zach uh yeah, i'm not bobby brown fan. with cam newton behind them that's you never thought you would hear that sentence, Zach. Oh, man. 
How fun is that? Wait, it, it is perfect to sum up our season with a cooked Cam Newton and Bobby Brown starting on the line. Chaos. Chaos, chaos, chaos. All right. Well, we've had enough fun, I think, on this uh, on this week's episode. Um, it's fine. We're only talking about trading away all of our favorite players that we want to see. You retire. are talking about it. I am trying to Whoa. figure out how we're going to keep them. You, <laughs> I I'll, all I'm saying, Zach, is I'm being a realist. All right? I know. I, I want to keep them until like they grow old and they retire. Uh, I'm just saying. That, I'll that take means it. A, we suck. I'll take like, it a win players. that we get Aaron Donald and no other team gets him. Like I will take that as the win of the NFL lifetime that we kept Aaron Donald until retirement. Well, twelve other teams could have had him. So well, that's true. But you know they didn't, and we did. So I will take that as a win. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Please like and share the podcast. Reminder that we are now on YouTube. So please subscribe. Um, You know, some people always say smash that bell. Go ahead. Smash that bell. Um, You can find us at youtube.com slash at East Coast Rams. And you can always send questions and feedback to us at feedback at East Coast Rams or hit us up on Twitter. Our ECR Twitter account is at East Coast Rams. Ashton, where can people find and connect with you? Uh, you can find me at RamfanAshton1 on Twitter as long as it still is existing in a few weeks. So uh, just follow me there and I uh, love talking to you guys. And uh, hopefully the season turns around and we don't have to talk about negative things for the rest of the time. Yes, and I will continue to work on my awesome outro voice. You can find me at, at Zach Mayer. Um, we love interacting with you guys on Twitter. Um, it's so much fun being able to connect with you guys. We are getting uh, just closer and closer to our one-year anniversary of the East Coast Ram podcast. Looking super forward to that. Hopefully, we will have a victory Monday or victory whatever day that we record this podcast. Um because I am tired of not having Victory Mondays. Um, so with that, let's hope to, uh, you know, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving while you guys listen to this. Eat some uh, nice turkey. And if you're one of those weird people who eat ham, do that as well. Some people like lasagna, uh, whatever floats your boat. Just make sure that you guys are uh, spending some good time with your family. Uh, be very thankful for what we do have. Be thankful for uh, being able to watch the Rams game. Uh, Rams games and the players that we do have at least for now. Um, and yeah, be nice to each other out there, people. Um, I'm thankful for everyone that you, that listens to our podcast, keep spreading the word and let's get this done on Sunday. Ramley horns up. <laughs>